Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to Wrestlers with Experience, episode four. And once again, we're talk- we're back talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. And some of the indies while we're at it, damn it. And let us get down to the introductions. Right. So I'm Dietrich Davis. So on the left of to the left of me is Mark Knight, aka the executioner, aka Mark Morell, aka that naughty headed dude with the beard, aka uh King of Truly. I don't even know why I said to the left of me because no one can see that. <laughs> it's all right, bro. It's all right. It's all it happens. But good. um, let's jump into this New Japan talk. We got a lot of stuff going on with New Japan Pro Wrestling this it's past heavy. weekend. It's heavy. Uh, I wanna, I wanna ask you a question. Go ahead. Go um, right ahead. And I wrote this note down as we was having a few drinks, but as we was getting ready to do this, uh, do uh, do episode four, um. D- and I'm going to bring WWE up. I'm going to bring up WCW, and I'm going to bring up TNA. Okay. So all of them had main stable shows. TNA had a mean Thursday night run, then a Wednesday run. Raw has a Monday night run. SmackDown has shifted up and down Between from Thursdays, Tuesday Fridays, Wednesday. Tuesdays. Right. Mm-hmm. It was always pre-recorded on a Tuesday. Right. Now it's live on a Tuesday. Right. And WCW Mondays and Thursdays, and then they and had, not to mention their Saturday and Sunday shows, right? The was WCW the face of it all, right? Which was their syndicated show. Same thing with WWF, their syndicated show, right? On Saturdays and Sundays. So, as a television guy, the first thing we do is look at the numbers. Yes. Will if New Japan had a stable weekly episodic syndicated show, would it hurt? The product, because what makes New Japan great is there's no guaranteed day on when the show will be on. It just it airs across the country mm-hmm. at different times. These are the dates you'll catch it. But if they had a Monday or a Tuesday or one, or a Saturday night, and it came on once a week, and they had New Japan, uh, Sandusky edition. That's some disrespectful shit. <laughs> I, I don't even know why I thought of that dude's name, but um, New Japan Sandusky. <laughs> On Saturdays. <laughs> you got me thinking about Michael Blackson because he's been doing a lot of Sandusky jokes. If you, out there if you guys don't know what Sandusky is, I need you to get on your Google machine and look that shit up strong. But anyway. Penn, Penn State University. Yeah. <laughs> Are they doing like an HBO show on yes, that? Um, with Al Pacino? Al Pacino's like the, like the cold... The cold coach that know about what's going on. Oh man, oh, I don't know what's going on, but perhaps I know what's going on. And and, and, I, and we know in the wrestling business, um, Pat Patterson might have been a Sandusky. Oh, him and quite a few other guys. Uh, yeah, so I don't mean to I don't mean to expose people, but the Sandusky that's, that's the Sandusky hand game is strong in the early days of wrestling. That's rather indisclosable at this moment, but right, it allegedly, has allegedly, allegedly, I don't, I don't, I don't want no lawsuit. So I'm gonna give you motherfuckers allegedly when I don't say. And I think if we do ever talk spoiler talk, the word is allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh. No lawsuits. That's my Howard Finkel impersonation. But now let's get down to it. The, but to what, answer that question, right? If New Japan Pro Wrestling had an episodic show, like a Monday Night Raw or a Saturday Night Show, will it hurt the product with the wrestlers being overexposed? Because what hurts WWE is, is sometimes, the overexposure of the wrestlers. Right. We have six shows, five shows a week with these guys. WWE has between the two shows on Tuesday, Monday, um. Everything is compiled. You know what I mean? You have 
Raw for three hours. You have three hours of wrestling on Tuesday um, between um, SmackDown and uh, SmackDown and 205 Live. Wednesday, you have that one hour NXT. So that's... That is seven hours of wrestling from War Wrestling Entertainment on between Monday and Wednesday. Then notwithstanding the pay-per-views once a month, which is probably three hours, or in a big case like a WrestleMania. Which is a seven-hour fucking hours. event this year. Right. WC- I'm sorry. When, I, when we go over to Maurice House, which is a great friend of ours, a great <clears throat> friend of the show. Aloysius Smith. That nigga. Yeah, I'm not fucking with that. Uh, uh, anyways, <laughs> we've talked about that. That's my boy. Word. I've I've, I've been to court with him. I've I've support that nigga. That's right. We stand by our brothers. I I I, I fucks with him heavy, and he knows this. I I, I didn't return his call because I was out of control. He's my nigga. But on some real shit, I need that nigga just to be Maurice. But more, but our boy Maurice. Uh, we're going over to watch his show. Word. I'm not watching the pre-show. You niggas tell me about it. But fuck WWE. Word, this is Shinyon Puroresu. This is this is straight up and down about the slanted eye Jap- Japanese. Hey, hey, hey. That's you can't say slant eyes. Can't say that. I'm an 80s baby. I know but- racism is strong. And I can't be racist. <laughs> I'm an African American. I can be strongly prejudiced. Black folks are not prejudiced. <laughs> so, long story short, going back to it. Will that hurt them, having a weekly episode and overexposing them? Well, if you think about it, if you are a subscriber to Spectrum or if you have Dish Network and you have access television on your on your meter, you can watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. When? And basically, it's on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that it's not going to hurt because that show is a syndicated show. All they're doing is, is that they're you know doing a broadcast with Jim Ross and Josh Barnett doing the English voiceovers on the show. Can I ask you a question? Jim Ross is sounding old. Well, Jim Ross is aging, man. He's not the JR from the 1980s. He's not the Jim Ross from from uh, Mid-South Wrestling, from the UWF or the National Wrestling Alliance. And he damn sure ain't the Jim Ross from Monday Night Raw from the Attitude Era. We know this. It, it comes along with the game. I mean, mm-hmm. there, w- there had to be a time when a Gordon Soley was getting old. There had to be a time when um, Lance Russell was getting old. Right. You know what I mean? Their voices were distinguished, but I mean, hell, there was a time when Vince was getting old. You know, we went from, hello, everyone, this is Vince McMahon, and welcome to Superstars of Wrestling, to welcome to Monday Night Raw. I mean, you know, and you're fired. But that's, we know that that's going to be the change of the game. But Josh Barnett Jim, and Jim Ross, they do the color commentary. Uh voiceover for New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access Television. Um, I don't know the time frame when it comes on, but it does come on on Fridays. Mm -hmm. So people primarily in the South and in the Midwest, and like I said, anyone who has Spectrum cable here in New York, or, um, ooh, excuse me, or they have um, Dish Network, you can watch New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access. Mm -hmm. And you will will be caught up to date. Because what they do is they highlight some of the house shows and some of the big matches from like their their pay-per-view and everything that they stream on the New Japan Network. They do the voiceovers for that so it can be aired on um, Access Television. Like just recently. Do we have Access Television with Cablevision? No, not on on Cablevision. It's only on Spectrum, Time Warner Cable. Mm. So that's the only way that you can see New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, Other than that, subscribe to the network. Right. Right. The, The last thing they did was Strong Style Evolved. Um, there were a lot of issues with that show, but 
a lot of people had said their piece about that, but I'm not going to touch that. Do they that. air it live or they, do they play it like a couple of days later? Well, what they did was they aired it live with no commercials, but there was a lot of stalling and then there was a, a lot of complaints about the, the camera shots and the views and stuff like Hold that. Hold on, now, now, now. There was a lot, a lot of problems, a lot of issues with the, um, with the camera, the audio, and um, even with some of the commentary. Now, me and you have talked about this last year, early this year with Wrestle Kingdom, and I always said that the Wrestle Kingdom, they need to update their action shots and their camera shots. They well, keep the, the same shots, but I think this particular show was just a, uh, the this thing, was just a, a fuck up. Well, the thing me. about it is, is that with New Japan's production, mm-hmm. in comparison to what they do in, the, in Japan and what they do in the United States is different. See, because in the United States, they use an American film crew, whereas in Japan, their film crew is strictly on point they do have a hard cam but they don't rely on the hard cam they rely on their side cameras all the time because and the reason why they rely on rely on their side camera views is because you get all of the action from the corners you get all the actions from the center of the ring and you get all of the action from the outside and from off the top right and and that's my issue and to and i think See, New Japan is a phenomenal product, but my issue has always been their visual presentation. And like a lot of people who learn, I'm a guy from TV, I'm a guy from film, presentation is heavy on me, and Vince has maximized television presentation. Yes, he has. And he he steadily uses that hard cam. Now, if New Japan Pro Wrestling focused most of its action from the hard cam shot, it'd be great. And, I, and the reason why I kind of like New Japan's um, camera view. Well, they definitely have a Mid-South look well, to their pre- video presentation. It, it, it goes actually all the way back to their NWA stuff from um, when they were yeah, doing they, things with NWA. And, and that's NWA definitely Gato's yeah. influ- being influenced by those. because That's his favorite era of wrestling. But if you also look at it, if you follow the New Japan video games, like how I used to play them on the PlayStation 1 back in the day, the way that the presentation was done on the video games was exactly the way that they did it with their television broadcasts from the 70s mm-hmm. and the 80s and the, and, the, and the early 90s. And it's still the same. It's just that what they need to do is I think that they should, when they do shows in America, they need to bring the New Japan film crew there to film the shows exactly like a New Japan product. They also need to maybe incorporate some WWE camera tricks. Right. As well, just don't use that SmackDown camera. That horrible angle that makes the ring actually look like twenty feet versus it looking like a hundred feet when it's really a twenty by twenty. Right, but that's just one thing. Other than that, though, the um, the things that did come out of that show, of course, is strictly Bullet Club business, um, Bullet Club versus Bullet Club oh, Civil but, War. Yeah, but, but before I jump onto that, so you think it would help the product if they did? If they incorporated a mix of both. Of the use of the New Japan camera work and the WWE camera work, and then also ground, um, grounding and branding a show straight up and down for um, they just keep it television for, presentation. They, they you don't it think it'll Fridays. hurt the talent? They keep it for Fridays, mm-hmm. but over in Japan is a total different situation because um, I think it's like um, NK, NHK TV. 
um, they brought they have the broadcast rights for New Japan Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. when they do their shows from Kirkin Hall now, and stuff see, like that. So, so it's they want the American market. What if they just did a Monday night show that was catered to the American market to the American market only? Maybe a Friday night show and then allowed the Japanese people to experience it as it go on. But for just for the American market to keep a consistency, they do something like that because Mexico did it all the time. That's with us. true between on Saturdays and Sundays, right? I think that New Japan's market base should be Fridays, mm-hmm. but the only problem is is that the fans, I don't, I can't speak for them because most people are out on a Friday, so it might be pretty hard. Well, well New York City Monday night, Wednesday night is the club night, but so right. I say this: Why not Netflix come in? You got Lucha Underground up there. Why don't Netflix update? Well, why not get a contract with Netflix? Well, Matter of fact, hold on, Mark. New Japan. If you need me, I got that Netflix connect on some real shit. Well, that would work. You know what I mean? <laughs> on that, some that would... real shit. <laughs> I got that Netflix connect. Yo, seducing y'all right now. You don't understand. Hold me. on for a second. Let me let me let me let me go in my bag for a minute. He about to put a schwantz on 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 this podcast. Let B. me put my dick on the table. Oh, there we go. Netflix. Me and you got to do some business. You know this. We've talked about it. But you know, Bushi Road got this nice little NJPW on-stream service, which is pretty kind of Fuck that. Dope, Let me tell son. you something. Netflix is worldwide. They're hiring right now on Netflix for people to translate everything into fluid Japanese and reviews of shows. Mm. Netflix. Not Netflix. New Japan. Allow me to be your broker. Episodic television delivered straight to new from New Japan directly to the idiot boxes across the world. That's what I call TV, an idiot box. That's the that's the true name of it, the idiot box. Allow me to put your product across the world on Netflix. Yo, he's just like he just got y'all pregnant. He just didn't even know not it. The, not your pay per views. He just he just he just like impregnated y'all. Y'all didn't even feel an episodic show. Look at that. Just just new product, a Netflix exclusive. Once a week, a new show goes up, produced by Netflix, presented by Netflix. New Japan. All proceeds coming to the Dietrich not Dietrich Davis and Mark Morell show. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then allow us <laughs> to do the commentary. Word. I <laughs> so mean, we can get those checks. We need money. <laughs> we need money. But um, so you you believe it could work and it, it can, can help. Yeah, it could work. It could work. You and the New mean? Japan writing team is strong, and the Japanese fans of they don't do much with the writing, but they keep it strictly wrestling, and I think that's the difference. And the American fans appreciate it. Mm, appreciate it. You know they. You know the whereas the WWE fans or the WWE brass and so forth, they they kind of like bash, um smart fans upside the head but you got to think about it we don't most most smart fans that watch new japan or watch roh or watch uh cmll or mll and triple a and you know soon arrow whatever people want to see wrestling and there's nothing wrong with that you got that audience that just want to see pro wrestling i mean you go to you go to any show on the face of the earth you might not see a bunch of people wearing a bunch of John Cena shirts or Seth Rollins shirts or a Roman Reigns shirt or whatever. But you go to a WWE show, you see an ocean of Bullet Club shirts. Right. You go At- to an ROA show, you see an ocean of Bullet Club shirts. And WWE should have found a way if he was acquiring Finn Balor 
that you should acquire the Bullet Club, the the true logo, and sold it through the roof. Well, that's why they got Ballot Club. Yeah, and but, that Ballot Club shit is not working. But let's, well, if they just need to push the Ballot Club. Maybe that How shit would that, work. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but let's get down to it. So let me. Uh, we just had two shows. We had Road to Secure Genesis on Friday, and, and then we had Secure Genesis on Monday, so, on on Sunday. Right. So I want to talk about something important here. Uh, the first thing, let's talk about the most recognized moment of the night. It was Marty Scroll versus versus Will Ospreay. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. That match right there, the story between these two guys is real simple. Every time that both Marty and Will Ospreay was in a match, Marty Scroll got the deuce on Will Ospreay. Now, let's talk about that apron. I don't want to call it a botch. But Let's the talk, mishap, the, the, the bump, it For, was a mishap. First thing, it was a bump. It was a bump from um the first bump on the neck. The what was the name neck, of that movie? The first again? neck bump. Before we get into the Spanish fly off the um right. off the ring apron, the first one, um I forgot what it was, but it it looked like Will caught a stinger off of that. It looked like he walked out with three concussions in one match. And he, it looked it looked sick. And from the first spot, they were like, "Yo, I think they need to stop the match." It kind of put me. It was this match was reminiscent to Taker versus Mankind, where it was like, "Yo, this you know, dude need to stop the match." That's this a dude great is reference. Banged up and hurt, but these juniors, you gotta understand something. The evolution of ju of junior heavyweight wrestling from New Japan Pro Wrestling for many many years have been the staple and the focal point of Shinhyun Pro Wrestling. The AKA New Japan. New Japan for those Pro who don't catch it. These two guys pulled out all the stops. It was in um, January. Marty Scroll came into the match as the champion, and he lost. He lost the title to Will Ospreay because he beat Ospreay for the title. Then you had Homaru, Takahashi, Kushida, and, of course, those two going at it for the title at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Will Ospreay coming out as the winner of, with the championship. Will has been defending the title um, and so forth. And, of course, that match was set up from the uh, Strong Style Evolve show where he came out to choke out Rey Mysterio and Osprey and stole the title. But either way, both these guys worked their hearts out. And Osprey just took so many sick bumps on his neck. Marty worked the neck. Marty, the technician that he was, really, really, really took it to town on getting Marty to basically lose that. I'm not only Marty, excuse me, getting Will to lose the championship, but Will just kept fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and did everything that he could to retain that title because his his drive right now is to be the best junior heavyweight champion of all time. Now we've had a lot of guy gene junior heavyweight champions from Dynamite Kid, Owen Hart, Chris Benoit, uh, Prince Devitt, the a.k.a. Finn Balor. Yeah, the names are endless. And Kenny Omega. Those are your top five, and now with Will Ospreay, these are your top, and, low, and excuse me, low-key, those are your top seven Which best 
not holders to, of the junior heavyweight championship. Not to, not to not to plug us, but you know sometimes professional wrestling. We know we know and we wrestle low key. It, just is to, about selfishness. Yeah, but we all come from the same <clears throat> training house. That low key comes from the, that low key comes from. <clears throat> so we we come from the same training house. So though we might not have had the presence that you know life happens, careers happen. I understand Loki's training because mm-hmm. you know, like me and like you guys know, after Loki, and I'm not putting us up on a pedestal. No one trained harder than me and Mar- Marty. That's true. We were fucking animals in there. Absolutely, we was in that wrestling gym, and you gotta remember, we wasn't making no money. We had to pay to train. Right, fifteen dollars a day. Yep, to pay to train. And we, Whereas we, I had to do the same thing too, but I also went out there on that on that trail between Brooklyn and New Jersey, right, and the Bronx and so forth to go bust my ass and to earn a name for myself. But yeah, I was privileged to sit in these rooms with guys like a low key and so forth. Yeah, and we <clears> um <throat> we put in seven days a week. Me and Marty, it was go to the gym, work out, I hop, go to the gym, get a steak and egg, work. Work, <laughs> out. Go, work out twice a day mm-hmm. go to the gym so you know the work ethic is there so when I, I say this with keeping your body in shape with doing this and I'm gonna and I'm gonna use Will Ospreay I'm sorry I was talking off to the side people Um, you go to the gym as much as you can you eat as much protein as you can or whatever whatever you can get your hands on and um, if anybody ever been to Japan and I have uh, the getting beef is extremely either expensive because of the grade of beef, or it's something they don't serve a lot of. Oh. I mean, beef is a product, but you're going to spend a lot more yen. Excuse me, a lot more yen on mm-hmm. getting that stuff. So training and preparing the body is one thing, and this is where I have to sit. I would like to sit down with Will Ospreay. He's shortening his career. Because at what point in this new generation of wrestling do you continue fucking your body up with 50,000 high spots? And they look phenomenal. They look beautiful, but they're fucking their bodies up on a level that's not even funny. With junior pro wrestling, and and, and I have to admit, and and I'm going to go on the defense, because I be, me being, you know, who I am, um, it's... I always fashioned myself as a heavy, but I know that deep down, if I was on some real, real, real competitive stuff, I'd be a junior heavy or a cruiser. But right, and the, the yeah, because jun- I'm three hundred and forty pounds, and of, I'm I'm two seventeen, and I need to drop down right. to like. I have a Brock Lesnar physique, you, you know, know what I'm saying? So I get it. I understand, but everyone has the, a category the juniors, that they're in. The juniors and the cruisers work the hardest because they are the most exciting. And they are expected to put on the most exciting matches to date in any promotion. But with Will and Marty, they told a story. Even though there was some stuff that they did that was extremely dangerous, it was still overall a great match. And both guys got a standing ovation. Um, but are we are we are it's however, like gladiators? Are however, you going to kill yourself? However, you shouldn't have to kill yourself. But you know what? I'm I'm not a wrestling critic. I'm a student of wrestling, and I appreciate good pro wrestling. And to be honest with you, the Osprey um, Marty Scroll match, I've ranked that up there. After we got to come up with our rating system, we can you know, I, I rank that after. Um, uh, good God, what I would probably say as far as like match of the year, going 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 so far. Um, 
I ranked that after his match with him and Okada because him and Okada put on a fucking clinic at the anniversary show two months ago. And, and let me jump in here. I'm going to give a... Even Actually, though, a month ago, pardon. Even though I'm against 90% of putting 50,000 moves into one wrestling match, I believe... I'm, I'm old school with it. I, my style of wrestling would be up until 2008. After 2010 and 11, wrestling took a speed... It turned into a speed challenge. But um, I got to give him credit because the bumps that he took to the head. Yes. Being busted open. Yes. Still focusing. And yes. I don't think people understand the intelligence. It, you know, people see wrestling and they think it's a bunch of fucking morons or blown up muscular guys doing this. But I don't think people understand how intelligent you have to be to work in a 20 by 20 ring. And before you jump in here. I'm gonna use a basketball. I'm gonna use basketball as a reference. Reference. Mm -hmm. There's ten guys on the court. Right. You have five that's on your team. You have five that's on your team. Now I'm not a basketball fan, but I'm gonna use this psychology here. All right. You have to remember all your team players' positions. Yep. Always be aware of where they're posted. Mm -hmm. Be aware of the other five players who are opposing you. Mm -hmm. Be aware that they're at. Aware that you have only but so many feet to get to the ring to the to the to the, to hoop. the hoop. Right. At ten at ten feet and two inches, mm -hmm. and you have all of that, all of that together. Right. It takes a lot of intelligence if you are Michael Jordan on LeBron to get from one end of the court to the other end of and the then, court. Yeah, and to make sure that scientifically, and make sure that ball travels along with you. Right. And you get it there, and you hit it right inside that hoop. Now, or or dunk. Now right. I'm being long winded with this, but allow me to be. Now, you're a wrestler. Mm -hmm. You know, there's three ropes. Yes. Three cables. That's right. Four corners. You have a 20 by 20. Very rarely mm -hmm. do you get a 22 by 22. Right. But you're in a 20 by 20. 20 feet ain't that fucking big when your body is being pushed off the ropes at 15 miles per hour. Right. Okay? Or maybe even 20. Maybe. maybe and, and, and it depends on who you are. You yep. get what I'm saying? Then you're coming off that third rope. And you're tossing your body or you're hurling your body. Right. Over oh, the ropes. Yeah. At ma at maximum ve velocity. So weight times mass times this motherfucker is called gravity. Yes. The human brain can only withstand a six pound impact. So when a human body is being thrown off at 200 and to 160 to 200 to 300 pounds, Ric Flair had the greatest reference. If Brock Neck wasn't that fucking big and his traps wasn't, yeah. wasn't huge. Brock Lesnar would be in a goddamn right. wheelchair. Now, I got a little bit of a gut, but I am 230 pounds and I move like a fucking cat and I train in the gym once a day just like fucking power. The other day, I almost dropped 700 pounds. If I didn't have the shoulders that I had, mm -hmm. I'd have broke my fucking back. Yes, you would. Now, I'm not okay. questioning the size of Will Ospreay. What I'm saying is, this dude is took a bad bump on that apron. Yes, he did. Two human bodies mm -hmm. moving at a certain speed, maximum velocity as we're going to use it, yeah. land on his fucking neck. He still continues the match. Yeah. I don't think people understand the level of intelligence it takes to have a fucking wrestling match. Right. Now, other people 
And they say, well, it's not that intelligent, the human body, this, that, and the other. But if you understand the human body and you understand what it is, that brain is not built for impact. No, it's not. As the skull is there to protect the brain, but the body is the brain is not built for impact. But he I, continues the match mm-hmm. and then cuts a fucking promo. And because you know why? And I'm to gonna Goshida. Talk, and I'm going to talk about that promo. Because when he came in to New Japan Pro Wrestling two years ago, mm-hmm. thanks to um, Kazuchika Okada, as he called Big Brother, mm-hmm. Okada brought him in. He won the Best of the Super Juniors that year when he came in, which was 2016. Right. See, this is how far along I've been following Osprey from him coming in from England. And I didn't like him at first. At, I, I'm a big person. I'm not a fan of uh, English wrestling, but I but, love their wrestling. But you know what? I, I got to tell you, Eng- England is the shit, and we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, later. They, we're going to talk about that On later. a later show, we're definitely going to get into right. it, because their whole wrestling scene... If it if if it was on mainstream television, it would punch. It would donkey punch a lot of WWE. It in the sure face. as hell would. But it, but back to it. He goes after. He gets on the mic and he says, "I want to prove myself to being the best professional wrestler in the world, the greatest junior heavyweight in the world." Well, he's doing and to it. do that. He has to take on the absolute best in the very world. He's lost to Marty Scurll. Mm-hmm. He's had a great feud with Humano Takahashi, the ticking time bomb, all throughout last year and earlier this year. You know, Humano Takahashi used to call him um, Osprey, 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 considering calling him like a kitten, calling him a cat. You know what I mean? A year and a half ago, he had like the like the best fucking match with Ricochet. You understand what I'm saying? And he's had some really great matches with. Um, Kushida, mm-hmm. he challenges Kushida, but a week ago, he also challenged not only Marty again, which he challenged and defended the title against, he challenged Rey Mysterio. So he's talking about taking on the cream of the crop of the world. Rey Mysterio, world heavyweight champion, world champion, U.S., intercontinental, whatever, whatever, cruiser. Rey Mysterio is the best of all time. Jushin Thunder Liger, the greatest junior heavyweight of all time, alongside Ultimo Dragoon and um, um, Great Sasuke, Taka Mishinoku, and so many, you know, um, El Samurai, and all these guys from back in the day. He he took on took on Liger and had a great match with Liger as Strong Style evolved. Okay, he took on Marty. He defend he successfully defended his title against Marty. A month and a half ago, he took on Kazuchika Okada, the heavyweight champion of the world, in a in the anniversary match, which is customary, where it's junior heavyweight versus heavyweight in this in a great encounter, and took Okada to the limit. Osprey challenges Kushida to a title defense at Wrestling Duntaku, which is going to take place. I think that Will needs to heal up, get himself physically right. prepared. We, actually, we have the road to, ready. not right. to interrupt, the road to Dantaku coming Wrestling, up. Yeah, road to Wrestling Duntaku that's going to take April place. April 13th, right. and then we have the actual... Wrestling Duntaku coming up. And they got a lot of oh, great matches. Hold on for a second. Event that, oh, um, hold on for a second, Mark. It's okay, Tosh. You can you can close the door and not... You can make some noise. You know? the um. Let that, me see. Did it work? So, so let me tell you something. Your boy, this. Let me interrupt the show for a second. I did some illegal hacking shit, right? So, 
we have those card readers that come into the building. Right, so right. one of my computers is a card reader. So I said, I forgot about that. So I scanned the frequency because I wasn't going to give the landlord 25 fucking dollars for a card. Oh, hold on for a second. What happened? Yeah, I know. So I, went, I hollered at a company, scanned the frequency, sent it to them, and had the digital card made cause for, for like a couple of bucks left. I'm sorry, people. Sometimes everything is about budgeting. Exactly. But going back to it. Um, well, Osprey challenges and then, on, I, in this match. And, and we have Rhoda the Kaku and we and have. Wrestling Don Taku. Right, which is April 30th. Are they billing this as a main show? That's gonna the main show is gonna be several shows that's gonna lead into the main event, which we'll get into later. Right, yeah, yeah, because I have the list of them here. On this, on one of those shows, Will Osprey will be defending the title against Kushida in a one on one match for the junior heavyweight title, and it is gonna fucking steal the show. Yeah, and and, and and to be honest with you, I miss seeing Kushida inside the ring. It's been a while since I've mm. seen Kushida in the ring, and it's been a minute since he last challenged for the junior heavyweight belt since losing not only that but losing the ROH Television Championship to um, Kenny King. So my question is this: Not let me, let me, I gotta stop with that. My question. I'm never gonna stop with my question. Of course, because it's your question. It's bro. my question. Shit. Will Osprey? How much longer does he have with pushing his body at this limit? Because his career doesn't go into he's 45. Will Ospreay's not even in this prime. So this right here, those bumps that he took, those stingers, let me tell you something about those stingers. Those stingers are going to do one of two things. They're going to make him slow down Mm -hmm. or they're going to continue to push him to keep going beyond the limit until but, when it's time for him to slow down. But our wrestlers, but our wrestlers, um, I gotta remember to talk closer to the mic, but our wrestlers shortening their career. See, we thought McFoley was shortening his career and McFoley did a lot of shit in um, FM, with the death FMW matches. FMW and, and IWA in Japan. Right, so my question is, these guys might not make it to 30 or 35 in the wrestling business with well, the way they're fucking their bodies Yeah, up. that's true. But then again, look at Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid who's pretty much like the forefather of all the stuff that these guys are doing right, right now, but right? The, but, yeah, right. But see, right. But here's the catch. Dynamite ended up being in a wheelchair in his very last, after his very last match. And how for old Old's was Japan he when wrestling. he got to his wheelchair? He was in his 40s. Right, but which means his body was breaking down at the end of his right. 30s. But then that came from... Different abuses, boys and girls. Steroids, drugs. Yeah, he he put he put he 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 broke down his body. And I got a lot of friends who are bodybuilders. Yeah, and they broke down their fucking bodies just with doing stupid shit. Right on. So let me read his tweet. Will Osprey, and it's at Will Osprey on Twitter.com. It's at Will Osprey. Yes. And he goes, hold on, let me I over highlight it. Back at my hotel now. Time can only tell. Thanks for the messages. Can't help to tell, can't help but tell you how much I love you guys. P.S. I really can do without the whole "I told you so" or "This is why" crying, laughing face emoji. So he knows exactly what me and you were talking about mm-hmm. right now. Right. is exactly what is affecting him. He What's, knows that he just shortened his career. What happens is is that you have um, veterans of pro wrestling and I'm not going to say Japanese pro wrestling or lucha Mm -hmm. or American pro wrestling I'm just going to say pro wrestling in general um, are very critical about what the young guys are doing 
in the ring with their bodies. It's kind of like the same way the way that I look at hip hop. I'm old school. I appreciate the golden age of hip hop from 79 to 2005. That's where my appreciation of hip hop is. That was lyrical presentation, beats, so and so and so and so. But with pro wrestling, on the other hand, a lot of the wrestling um, pundits and critics feel that pro wrestling should be safe, smart, and these guys can go home to their families while earning a living. Now, what you're saying is a doctor's perspective. No, not only is that a doctor's perspective, but it is the perspective of every veteran wrestler. Who's fucked themselves up. No, every veteran wrestler who's still in shape, still in timing, still have their faculties, and has worked safe all their career. Now, I'm going to say that to you. Um, I'm going to disagree with that a little because there's a special rule in wrestling. You don't learn how to work until you can work hurt. Exactly. So those same guys, whether their injuries were career-threatening or not, they've been bruised, they've been hurt, they've been sprained, they've been broken. Right. You don't learn... Hogan worked with a broken ribs for how long? Brock worked with a broken ribs for a whole fucking. Kurt Angle worked with a with a broken neck. Broken neck. And people Steve need to Austin remember worked with a broken neck. Benoit worked no, and, with bone spurts in his his, his shoulder. And I want to use ribs to be example. There's no cast for the ribs. There's no cast for your clavicle. You gotta tape the ribs, brother. So, you gotta work hard, brother. Right, and even taping the ribs, you, it doesn't work. It's presentation. Exactly. But you don't learn how to work until you can work hurt. And that's how I was taught. That's how a lot of I, I don't know if that's being said to guys today. Maybe it is. I'm not gonna assume it's not. We don't know because it's like we're, we're not we're, in those locker rooms. Right, to we're, know. we're we're not there at the um, ROH training dojo. We're not there at the NXT Performance Center, and we're not there at the New Japan uh, dojo or the New Japan Los Angeles dojo. We're not the California dojo. We're not there for that. And you know, it's not the training. It's when you're in the ring and you have to trust another human being with your body. Facts. And we got to remember, the wrestling business is the number one. Wrestling and NASCAR is the fucking same. Mm-hmm. Every other sport has a team. Yep. It's All an right? individual sport. And no matter what is, no matter, no matter what is, how, no matter how it's presented. Right. Wrestling is an independent. Is a not independent. It, yes, it's an independent and an individual sport. Sport. So when you have those individual and. Let's, and let's put what's on top of it. And we talked about this in, in our first episode with the great moolah and great. ruining women's wrestling careers. Right, right, right. Um, first rule of wrestling is that it's all a business. Yep. The wrestling becomes the end product of a negotiation. So first, you got to understand that wrestling is a business, no matter where you're at in the world. The second stage of the wrestling is understanding that everything's a work yep. to the audience. Well, the third, the third part are we of wrestling. Using industry terms. No, I'm not using wrestling. I'm using business as oh, as okay, people. Okay, okay. No, I'm just using as I hate industry terms in reality. But um, Did you see my eyes darting back and forth like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the second you gotta understand the work, and the work is you're always working the audience. Yeah. Number two, number three, you gotta understand it's the number three is the business of negotiating where you're going to be on the show. Absolutely. When the curtain is not there and when you're getting to the building, it's a negotiation of where you're going to be, how you're going to get there, and how you get to the next stage. I agree. I, now, I, I agree. Right. The number four thing 
of the wrestling business is then what do you do to create a great match? It's not the match itself. It is the closing of the match, the finish. Mm -hmm. Number five is when you get back to the locker room and you now have to pay for everything you've done to your body, which can affect your business, one, which can affect your work, two, which can affect your... Excuse me, which can affect your negotiations three, mm-hmm. and then affect your and then affect your your presentation to the audience, which is four. Right. So I I put those five points to, and then coming back again to when you get back to the locker room and you pay for it. How long do you pay for damaging your body where you can no longer negotiate? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a toll, man. Because I can tell you right now. I still kind of suffer from knee damage. I still, well, it's not knee damage, but I can, I can walk, still do treadmill stuff, and still train. Human body can hold up, but you can really push it to a limit where it's never to where it's saying, "Go fuck yourself." Right. I'm, 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 I'm off today. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. So let me jump into the next thing because we can go on this. This is this is a heavy. This is a heavy topic for a lot of people. But um, can we talk about? Naito and Suzuki. Oh, right. So now let's get into that because that's a very interesting dynamic. Naito Tetsuya versus Minoru Suzuki. Now, for those of you who do follow New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, Naito Tetsuya was the Intercontinental Champion. He had recently lost the IWGP Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship to Tanahashi Hiroshi um, at the Tokyo Dome Show Wrestle Kingdom this past January. Tanahashi got in like several different several defenses. I'm actually I'm wrong. It was during the summer. Tanahashi won the Intercontinental title from um from Naito. Naito um basically is like the hottest thing in New Japan Pro Wrestling right about now. Um they always teased him as second coming to Tanahashi, but or Tanahashi's heir apparent, but that's not the case. Bringing it to speed, Minoru Suzuki defeated Tanahashi for the Intercontinental title back in February of this year, making him tap out to a very dangerous submission hold because Tanahashi's knees were jacked up in the match. So he had him on an ankle ringer and was pushing back on that right knee, causing for Tanahashi to tap out. And due to referee's decision, which would be considered a technical knockout, Tanahashi lost the Intercontinental title to Minoru Suzuki. So from this point on in, Suzuki had a successful defense against Makabe Togi. And then bringing things up to speed, there have been these tag matches between Suzuki-Goon and Los Ingrenobles de Japón. Now, with all of this being said and done, Naito's been calling out uh, Minoru Suzuki. Because Suzuki's thing is, I'm trying to snatch all the treasures of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Naito's just a jackass, as far as I'm concerned. That's the character. Right. That's 100% the character. Whereas Naito is like the Steve Austin of New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. He's hot like freaking fire. The whole Los Ingrenobles is slinging merch like crazy. So let me say this. You, you, I remember when you said that, I was like, yeah, he is like the Steve Austin. But he's Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels and one. Mm-hmm. 
he he can go, he can present, but he's still a piece of shit. Right. Oh, he's 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 also Brett and Randy as well. You know what I mean? Well, let me all let me say wrapped this. up with all with with those elements together. Right. That's that's I think that's Naito. Right. And I'm gonna agree to disagree on that, but everyone sees Naito. We know he's special, but I want to say this: this motherfucker, his presentation is like a true, if a, a true yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like he walks, he walks in with the suit, and the, you and know, the, and he's the mask. This, going like, yeah, and it's not even yeah. a breakaway suit. It's let me take my clothes off before right, I murder you. Right, right, right. And then not only that, you got his whole entourage. You got Sonata. You got Evil. You got um, Bushi. You got um, Himuro Takahashi. You got and Daryl. You got all those elements right there together. Los Ingrobles de Japón is like the shit right now. Like, they are, like, pretty much number one, even ahead of Bullet Club right now. And that's saying a hell of a lot. But the history, the Intercontinental belt, Naito was the former Intercontinental champion. And when he was the Intercontinental champion, he despised being the Intercontinental champion. He despised the belt. He destroyed the fucking belt. He destroyed belt. the belt. My favorite moment, not to cut you off, is when these motherfuckers is taking the hammer. And banging and the belt back in the And they're banging the belt back in the place. I said, Jesus Christ. But here's the catch. You why gotta love he, it. Here's the catch why he destroyed the Intercontinental belt. He destroyed the Intercontinental belt because that was the belt he felt that took the limelight away from him when he challenged Okada for the title at Wrestle Kingdom. And... His match with Okada when he won the G1 Climax took he felt that that took away the Intercontinental Championship took away because they he when he came out and said I am the star of New Japan Pro Wrestling and he said it to Okada everybody laughed at his ass it was right. like like are you kidding me like like a premature statement that is starting to become a reality right but, but let me let, let it be so he's been throwing that belt around since the day he got it when he got it <laughs> he threw and, that and, shit and, up in and, the air because the fans had a poll which match was going to be the main event it was it going to be okada versus naito for the heavyweight title or was it going to be nakamura versus tanahashi right. for the intercontinental championship and sure as shit it ended up becoming the intercontinental title over uh um the heavyweight title match so when he won the Intercontinental title for Michael Elgin, he made it his sole mission to destroy the white belt. And he did it. He showed so much utter disrespect to that belt. He treated it like crap. I was just expecting for him to piss on it. Um, once he, that was the next thing I was expecting him to do was to take a leak on it to discolor the belt. But bringing it to speed... Minoru Suzuki. Anyone that follows Minoru Suzuki's history. You know I'm a fan of his, big time. He's well, a scary motherfucker. He is the best Pro- Japanese submission wrestler, strong style wrestler, shoot wrestler on the face of God's green earth. Very scary. Yes, he is. You know what I mean? One, just by the look. One, just by his physique, his training, his style. He is the embodiment of the old school Antonio Inoki strong style. You just took Fuji, the words out of my mouth. Um, Fujiwara style, which makes him the king of pancreas. Uh, all know, Japan triple you, crown champion, tag team champion um, of all Japan, New Japan. He's held everything in New Japan and all Japan pro wrestling and pro wrestling Noah. Has he held the world title? 
He was the, the IWGP champion. He's never been the IWGP champion. So you know who his American counterpart really is? Harley Race. Harley Race was the NWA world champion, but he never was World Wrestling Federation champion. Yeah, yeah. No, right. but what I'm saying is right. the styles yes. that you know Harley Race carried a gun on everywhere. Right. He, Suzuki looks like he carried. He smokes a cigarette. Throws the gun out his and bag. drinks vodka straight with no chaser, warm all day. No, no knee pads needed. I'm a no. grown ass man. In fact, the <laughs> wrestlers sp- with no knee pads are special. Speaking of GMB, but we'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> um, he knows that the Intercontinental Belt irks Naito. Naito just doesn't give two shakes of a rat's ass about him. Are we telling a greater story than Jim Ross? Yes, yes, we are. Because damn it to hell, I feel like JR right about now. Keep going, keep it going. The fact of the matter is, is that Suzuki has no challengers. Naito, who should still be working his way up because he's still the number three contender and the number three challenger to the IWGP heavyweight belt. And let me jump in for a second. I always felt that he should have walked. He Right now, he should be the current New Japan champion, yes, but yes. we see what Gato's plan was. It's the yeah. 11 versus 11, yes. which we'll get to. Now, by the two leaders of the greatest factions in New Japan right now, because New Japan is big on army, big on faction. This has been that way since the early 80s. And it doesn't hurt the product. And, 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 in and WWE, or in American wrestling, products yeah. are hurt by factions sometimes. Right. So now, it's not a dilemma, but you see that Suzuki basically wants to shut down Minoru. I mean, excuse me, I don't mean to say that he shut mean, down himself. Right, N- Minoru Naito. wants to Naito. shut down Naito. Right. Naito basically just doesn't give a shit. Tranquilo. He just wants to do his thing, but he also wants to shut up the old man. So what better way than to shut him up than to perhaps... Get the Intercontinental belt back back in his possession. Right. And maybe, who knows, maybe he just might want to destroy the belt again. I hadn't seen the translations in the interviews that he's been doing, but I've read a lot of his interviews while watching the NJPW World. And basically, he he does just want to shut up Minoru. Minoru's just looking for challenges right now. Naito just wants Have to... Have they wrestled one-on-one yet? They've wrestled one-on-one in the G1 that. Climax okay. last year. And I think they did. How um, was the match? Great. Okay. I think it was great. And even when he when he won it, I think I think they did confront one another. You know, I'll shit on a match in a heartbeat. But it's just that these tag matches, as of late, they just been on fire. And that's what I love about these prelude matches with New Japan Pro Wrestling. It just builds into the story that's going to take place. And when they do confront and face off with each other, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great match now i can't predict the winner between naito and minoru but it's gonna I'll, the only thing i could tell you guys is gonna be a hell of a match so just be on the lookout for that right that that's the match i'm i'm looking forward to i think we're gonna get that midsummer yeah we might get that at an american california show midsummer, perhaps at the um the cow palace yeah. right that's what i was really thinking we were gonna get it um because he was supposed to take on jericho at um Strong Style Evolved. That's what I thought that was, was supposed, happening. That was supposed to be the like main a, event. You know what I mean? It turned into a one and done with Jericho and New yeah, Japan as of this moment. Exactly. But who knows? Maybe, just maybe, at the Rock and the Rock and Russell Cruise, 
that just might it might be announced when is that cruise by the The way cruise is in october jericho you owe me a check for we're promoting your cruise stupid idiot wrestling cruise i want to i want a goddamn scarf he's he's on the list until i get a check from him (laughs) but i love jericho real talk so we got to talk about because the show even though there were two shows i'm not going to say not much happened but there were three big things and the second, the second was Naito. The first one was um, Will Will Osprey. Will Osprey. There's also the never open weight um, situation too. You know, I don't have that in my notes. We'll but go I'll, off. We'll talk on about that. that. Yeah. Okay, so Hiroki Goto will be taking on Juice Robinson, and right now New Japan Pro Wrestling is pushing Juice Robinson real, real strong. And I believe that at Wrestling at at Road to Wrestling Duntaku, I do believe that Juice Robinson will become the never open weight champion. He's been hot. He's done so well in the New Japan Cup. He's, you know, he he went two and one, all the way up until his loss against Tanahashi. Um, I believe that they're, I believe that they're going to tear the house down, and I believe that Juice Robinson will beat Hiroki Goto for the Never Open Weight Title. Right. Hold on. Keep going. Also, um, I'll also talk about Jay White and um, David Finley. Um, I believe that that's going to be a very interesting match between these two young former young boys in the dojo. Um, Finley is the United is the challenger to the United States Championship. Um, Jay White successfully defended the United States Heavyweight Title against Hangman Page and Strong Style Evolved. Um, recently, he was pinned in that tag match against um, Jay against. Um, David Finley in the tag match with Goto along with uh, Juice Robinson. So we have two things coming out of that that particular tag match. So exp- and those show those matches are going to headline various shows, those road two shows. Mm-hmm. So you will see um, Jay White defending the United States title against David Finley. Right, which so, with, I'm pretty sure is um, is going to be one of the top matches. It's of the definitely going to be, and then of course, like I said, Juice versus Hiroki Goto. I like Jim Ross's um, um, annotation about um, Hiroki Goto and comparing him to Bret Hart as for being like a mechanic that can fill in anything and put on one hell of a match, straight nose, hard hitting. You're, you're going to get something really good, so you're not going to be disappointed with Goto um, defending that title against. Um, Juice Robinson and I think right now this is Juice's time to step up to the next level to become never open with champion. You know what I like about Goto? He's not afraid to put um, where in America putting foreign putting titles on foreigners is almost a unwritten sin. Well, he has you're no talking has, about Gato. We're talking about Hiroki Oh yeah, Goto. no, no, no. Okay. I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about Gato. I mean, yeah. Um, I got to give him credit not to jump around. We're in in the states. We are very is an unwritten rule by putting titles on foreigners. And for the right. first time, we're getting two foreigners who are about to grace world titles right. in a major corp- a, ra- a major, major federation, right. a, a publicly traded federation, the mm-hmm. only publicly traded uh, wrestling company. Right. So I got to give it the Gato for straight up and down, allowing us Americans to come in and actually hold titles and not make it just a Japanese thing. You right. Know? I got it. You got to give the man credit for Absolutely. that because no other company is doing that in the world. And I'm pretty sure it's in the States. It's, it's still is even though it's happening big time, it's still fucking foreign. Yeah, true. And also, I think they just want that Japanese market right now. Right. Also be on the lookout too for um, the 
KES, um, Los Ingrenobles uh, conflict over the tag team titles. Now, here's the interesting thing, right? On one hand, you have um, Los Ingrenobles' um, challengers, Homuro Takahashi and Bushi, looking to challenge um, uh, El Desperado and um, his tag team partners, Kamamaru, um, for the junior titles. Because um, Suzuki Gun basically controls that and the Intercontinental title. Where on the other hand, KES wants to take on Los Ingrenobles, um, Sonata and Evil for the tag team titles. And I look for to see that maybe Sonata and um, Evil retaining those tag team championships. So be on the lookout for that match also because that's going to be a hell of a, of a barn burner as well. Then from there... Um, we have the internal strife with Bullet Club. That's still going on right about now. Um, Question. Go right ahead. And I don't have an answer to this, so this is like a, a 100% legit question. Sure, go right ahead. Shoot. How long, how much longer does this Bullet Club stuff run before they have to completely stop it? Because in order to keep the nostalgia effect to Bullet Club, it's going to have to come to an abrupt stop at its highest point, and it's leaving its highest point. Well, right now... Because AJ was the highest. AJ was the highest. I, I personally think that Finn was at the highest when they started it. Mm. Um, and I think that Kenny is, was at the highest, too. Yeah. Um, let, 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 me, let me say Kenny at Wrestle Kingdom against Okada was at its highest. That and then, of course, the, the G1 Climax match and then the Wrestling Dantaku match from last year where they had their trilogy and those matches were dope as fucking mm -hmm, hell. Mm -hmm. um, from the Okada getting Whoa. the pinfall... In the first match, them going to the 60-minute draw in the second match, and Kenny beating him in the G1 Climax. That was that said a lot. Mm. You understand? Um, I think right now, it's going to be very interesting. The never open way six-man tag titles will be on the line with um, Gorillas of Destiny and Balak Fale defending mm. their titles against, right now, Marty Scrawl and the Young Bucks. I want you to take that from there real quick. I got to go take care of a call, brother. Right. Hold, hold on for one second. So the, the thing I want to talk about is, and I want to make it clear. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go do your thing. Mark is taking a, a trip to a bathroom. We, we, we keep it real on the microphone over here, people. But long story short, I wanted to get into something that I thought was a, a phenomenal match. And it comes down to, well, not a phenomenal match. It's the call-out. And the call-out was, <clears throat> excuse me. Yo, I'm slowing down for some reason. Forgive me. A nigga is tired today. I've been up editing shows all night. So if I sound a little bit in slow motion, forgive me. And if you don't forgive me, go fuck yourself. But it's the New Japan World title match, which happened recently. And it was Tanahashi calling out Okada. And Tanahashi and Okada have a very unique history in the business of professional wrestling and in New Japan. They both, in the States, it counts on, we count title title reigns. We count, like, if a person has 10 title reigns or 16 title reigns. In Japan, everything is based off of defenses. And recently, Okada just obtained his 11th title reign by defending his title against um, what was his name? The one and only 
Zack Sabre Jr. There you go. I was about to say The winner of the 2018 New Japan Cup. Now, now, hold on for a second there. That match was phenomenal. Let's applaud Taka for being yes. his corner. Taka yes. is turning into that low-key. Taka's the dude, son. Low-key. Low, He's low the key. dude. Taka's yeah. the dude. He is. But um, what's most important to me is the match was great. They stole the show. I know you said on the, on episode two that you believed that he was going to win it. Sabre was going to win it. Uh, yeah, because it's like the way that, the way that they built it up was, was that Zack Sabre Jr. is the submission master. Zack Sabre Jr. comes from... Which he a, did give him credit to in the right. post-show. He is the master of submission wrestling. Coming from Britain, the greatest submission wrestlers, guys like Billy Robinson, guys like... Um, um, I'll just focus on Billy Robinson from mm. Wigan, former AWA world champion. He was the guy that helped introduce that strong submission style of wrestling to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because of that style, it produced guys like Minoru Suzuki, Fujiwara, and all these guys. This is where you get the Fujiwara armbar from. This is where right. Suzuki becomes the king of Pancras. This is where like Fujinami and all these guys that's trained under Billy Robinson when he was coming to New Japan Pro Wrestling and you know him and Inoki, they really took these guys to the limit when it came down to submission style wrestling. Which, and, and this is where Sabre, it seems like he's fine, it's, like, it's not, I'm gonna say finalized. It seemed like he's taken all of the submissions and put it in one. I would say he's this generation's Dean Malenko with, with, with a foot extra of height. You absolutely right. Not yeah. only the height, the man of a thousand and two, but moves. his his <laughs> his limberness. Yeah. Like I mean, he's very lanky. Yes, every time that you if when you watch this match, and I and I urge you all watch this match. If you study submission and chain wrestling, you will learn a lot from. Zack Sabre Jr. And shout out to Zack Sabre Jr. That's my favorite British wrestler of all time right about now. Um, I love that dude. As a matter of fact, I met him at the um, House of Glory show back in the um, the, the winter. Uh, back in, I believe it was uh, November, no, October of 2017. I met him, took a picture with him. Um, nice guy, real nice gentleman. You know what I mean? Young guy. Um, he's the tournament king. Right. He is pegged as the tournament king. He, if he really truly wanted to, he could have won the Cruiserweight Classic, but opted not to stay and not to sign the contract. He won the Battle of Los Angeles. He won several tournaments in in, in the United Kingdom and um, England and so forth. This man is incredible. And if you need a main event, he's a reliable and safe person to go with to put in a main event. And he's showing that because technically right now, New Japan is the number two company in the world. Yeah. Um, and I say that because they're not publicly traded and a few other details. And then we'll get into that about how to rank, how I rank shows and how Mark ranks shows right. in general. But they, they put on a hell can, of a show. He, he can go into the world title picture with anybody and yes. it can work. Now, Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. ran through everybody in the New Japan Cup and beat them all by submission, which has never been Done right, and he was talking shit about it too. Yes, he was talking shit about it. So now you figure like, okay, well, he he's even made Okada tap out at in some of the tag matches in the road to secure a Genesis and so forth. See, let me interrupt. This is why I like New Japan a lot, because and I like the world title picture because the world champion can lose every fucking match, with the exception of. 
a title defense. Right. And because their world champions are strategically picked stronger than any champion in the world, mm-hmm. now. they keep them safe. Yeah, now. Yeah. They keep them safe in tag matches. Yes. And I think that's that is some old school NWA Mid-South booking when it comes to shit like that. Exactly. Protect the champion and keep him in tag. Because when Ric Flair wasn't defending the title. He was in tag matches. He was in tag matches when with Jerry the When Jerry Lola wasn't defending the title, he, he was, was in, in tag, tag matches. matches. When Nick Bockwinkel was, wasn't defending the title, tag he matches. was in tag matches. Same, even the same to the same degree when Hulk was the champion, he was in tag matches. He was in a lot of tag matches. think about him and Macho Man saved him a whole six to seven months as tag team. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he had as many title uh, uh, defenses then, but what happens... Now, I want to give credit to Jack Sabre, but I want to move on to the most important moment of the night. Okada winning the match by some... He won the match with two Rainmakers after countering all the submissions because people also forget... Yeah, he was trained in the luchador style. Mm-hmm. Okada was trained by Ultimo Dragon in Teruyamon mm-hmm. Dojo. So he's proficient in lucha libre and lucha style and even strong style submission style mm-hmm. wrestling. And he got the win over over Zack with two Rainmakers to get the win to retain the championship. But now let's get to the meat and potatoes of this match. Right. So now the match is over. And unfortunately, when Tanahashi comes out, Saber is forgotten about because everyone is focusing on two things. One, we're going to get Tanahashi and Okada again. And two, both men have officially accomplished a groundbreaking moment in Japanese wrestling and in New Japan, and it's 11 successful title defenses. And these two are now about to go head-to-head. Yes. Now, Tanahashi calls him out. He talks his shit, this, that, and the other. Uh, Okada lets him leave the ring and then respectfully disrespects the fuck out of him. Oh, yeah. Tells him that basically he ain't shit, he ain't never going to be shit, and that he's the man and that he's going to be the first person to get 100 title defenses. Mm -hmm. And it makes you go, in fucking possible. Now, if you look at the American product, a wrestler defends the title every Monday night, which takes away the defense of the title. That's not true. Well, what, 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 what I'm saying is in the history of wrestling, right. if you look up John Cena's, one of his reigns, he defended the world title over 110 times. More than Bret Hart? Yeah. Wow, that says a lot. Yeah, John, you got to remember John Cena, even though John, you got to remember John Cena, 16 times world champion, not a lot of people moved in and out of those world titles. The Miz, The Rock. Um, CM Punk. CM Punk. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Other than Alberto that. Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. And, and still, with those guys going in and out. And also, there Randy was. Randy Orton, Kane. Yeah. Um, Edge. But you got to remember, there was also secondary titles that made that John Cena situation going. So he's had over 100 title defenses, but it's not respected due based off the presentation. Right. I love the presentation of title defenses actually meaning something. Because that's. That's what it was. That's uh, the, the object is is that when you defend, when you win a title, and you defend the title, it has to be something special. It really has to be something special, because um, people are paying to see the attraction. And the world heavyweight championship, or the heavyweight title, or international heavyweight title, or universal heavyweight title, um, it's it's no longer the attraction. 
But unfortunately, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it is the attraction. The IWGP Championship is the attraction. So it just shows you all that the American company WWE would have to do is simply just start highlighting that. Right. It's a simple thing of acknowledgement. Exactly. You know, what you saying? can have so, the best worker in the world hold on to the belt, but then you can have the worst wrestler in the world hold on to the belt. Yeah. And it doesn't mean shit. But they'll highlight the worst wrestler in the world with the belt, but the best wrestler with the belt that never gets talked about. Exactly. So, Tan he caught. So Tanahashi leaves the ring. Like I said, he disrespects him. He lets him know that he wants to be the first person that's going to defend it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. That he's not the man no more. Right. You're basically you're old. Don't come back. But if you want it, come get it because that twelfth title defense. It doesn't work unless it's up against Tanahashi. Right. And here's the catch. As we all know, Tanahashi was the guy that carried New Japan Pro Wrestling from the dark ages, as they say, from the late 2000s all the way up until now. As I say, as we talked about off camera, we're talking about fat Nakamura straight out of Mexico. Yep. We're talking about Brock Lesnar being the champion and, and, and then the worst champion of all time, Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp, but then of course Tenzan. Um, you had um, Makabe Togi. He wasn't he wasn't that bad of a champion, but he was pretty damn good. You also had um, uh, let me see here. But hold on, we did have one great champion. We had, in the Kurt, Ang- we had Kurt Angle. Yeah, and and there's a forgotten about great champion. And Takayama, you had him too. Hold on for a second. You're forgetting one, Scott Norton, WCW. Oh, that was. Go, that was that was um part of the uh, dark ages, right? But that was one that, person. That was the beginning of the dark ages, right? But that was one person. He was an unfortunate champion. He was a great champion in an unfortunate situation because Scott Norton did hold his own. But between then, you also got to acknowledge. And I mean, hold on. And I, it's not the, that's what I forgot to say. He was a great champion in a dark period of yeah. New Japan, and he didn't get the credit he did because. He was talked about, and yes. he also helped the relationship Between with WCW in New Japan. That he did do. But then also consider adding in the great Muda as IWGP champion. Which he was a part of the Dark Ages as well. Was, right. And also within the, 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 the beginning stages of the golden era that Tanahashi was bringing the Federation into along with Nakamura. Well, technically... If you're going to label it correct, this would be the Silver Age. Because Golden Era would be before. So right now we're in the Silver Age of right. profession, of this part of wrestling. So whereas now, what it comes down to, like you said, we have the, the defenses. The defenses mean the most. When Tanahashi was defending his title, he had 11 consecutive title defenses and he's done a, he did a hell of a job and ironically he lost it to he Okada he lost the belt to Okada on his 11th attempt at defending the title and um, to be honest with you Tanahashi granted he's torn up he has the torn he has the the, 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 the torn bicep, bicep tear yeah. he also has the knee the knee strains mm-hmm. and stuff like that yes he's battered and bruised and he's broken 
Yeah, remember we talked about that off camera. He look, he walked out the ring like yeah, an old he, man, but he has the respect of the but people. He 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 has the respect of the people, and that's this is why he he is called the ace. And but, he had the pop promo of the night because yes. Okada's promo didn't pop as much as. But um, it always pops towards the end. Right. That's the interesting thing about an Okada promo. It pops at the end, but in the beginning it pops because it's Gato doing the talking. So yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. He didn't have that this time. What happens is is that this dynamic, look at it like this. In 2012, when Okada first came back on the scene for New Japan Pro Wrestling after his dismal tour in Impact Wrestling, he came in Let's from out of nowhere. That. No, got to because it's a part of history. He came from out of nowhere and he challenged Tanahashi for the title. And he did the unthinkable. He beat Tanahashi to become the heavyweight champion of the world. And you know why I think they booked that like that? And I hate to talk about booking on this type of show, but he did come back with that American look on him. Yes. He went to the States. He wrestled in in TNA. It wasn't long, but uh, Gato, excuse me, is very smart Mm -hmm. on wanting that American audience on his product. And he did that. And I think that was a smart move, and I think the combination of all of that turns him into the champion that he is yeah. now. So between the belt shifting between him and Tanahashi and AJ, you know, and then Naito, mm-hmm. Okada has developed to become one of the most sought-after champions of all time. Also, and labeled maybe as he might he might be the guy to get the he might be the first guy to get twenty title defenses. Yeah, he because number one, he's not even. He's barely even reached his prime. Mm-hmm. Though he's looking a little like we talked about before. You know, but he's looking he, a little slower and bruised, slower but he because, may need a break. Because look at the look at the caliber of, of champions or challengers, excuse me, that he's faced um in the one year and ten month run that he's had. Minoru Suzuki. Will Ospreay. And Minoru Suzuki is not an easy person to run up against. Naito Tetsuya, Kenny Omega, um, Michael Elgin. Um, Kasuyori Shibata. Uh, he did it. He's done it. He's done he, it. He's done it all. He's really um, Sonata evil. He's went through the. He went through the whole. Finally, he's went through the whole talk, gamut. Cody Rhodes. He's went through almost damn it was, everybody. It was a guillotine. It was a guillotine. Guillotine wrestling through, like you said, guillotine wrestling through a gauntlet of everyone. And. I and mean, it feels like it's been more than eleven defenses. He's right. done. A, he does a lot in one year. And also consider too, he also had a match last year, or was it was it last year, or was it twenty sixteen? He had a match with Genichiro Tenru, in Tenru's retirement match. That was a hell of a match. That he worked with this sixty something year old man, but it was pretty decent, you know. Um, he's also wrestled Mara um, um, Fuji from Pro Wrestling Noah. He's taken on everybody. There's virtually no challenges left. If he gets past Tanahashi, mm. which a lot of people are saying that he just might. Wait, well, well, there's no reason for Tanahashi to win. Actually, In my personal opinion, I don't. I don't think putting the belt on him. If I'm looking at booking. If, yeah, it's a smart move. Okay, but in a way, it would be kind of nice to put the title on Tanahashi as a swan song. But being nice and because doing he, what's right for business is two different things. Because he's a seven-time world, he's a seven-time holder of the IWGP belt, mm-hmm. Tanahashi. Right? 
he breaks the record becoming the eight-time champion, which has never been done. And he also stalls. But if you notice, they're not focusing on title reigns. They're focusing, focusing on, on the defense. So if he does, if he does win, you know, it says a lot about Tanahashi showing that he still has it. You know what I mean? Before he says, "Okay, I'm done. I can regulate myself to either the tag team championship." And probably maybe get one more run, one more crack at the Intercontinental Title. Because personally, I, I personally I want to see Tanahashi go after the tag belts again. Just that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? And the only person at the time that I want to see, I wanted to see him win the tag belts with was Makabe Togi. That was the only person I want to see him win the titles with. And also, whoever he tags with, there's not many people with the equal amount of fame that he has. So, right. he, you know. If you want to do something impressive that they've never done in New Japan, that they've done in the States, put Okada and Tanahashi together as tag team champions and let them go and let them battle over the belts. See, this is where you could take that American feeling and put it on those two. And then and then and this is the way I would do it, have those two have him always keep the title on Okada. Have it where he's tarnishing the next series of, um, what do you call that? Challengers. So now, if you look at it, right? Right. He's tarnishing the fact that you didn't win that on your own. Those defenses are my wins. Yep. So I might as well say that I have 14 defenses now. Exactly. So it's it's I've, I've always wanted to see the angle where the other wrestler keeps the world title safe yes. for himself. And that's never been done in wrestling. And it, it, I think it would go good in New Japan. But now what this does is, this now awakens and opens the possibility of who wins the G1 Climax. I got the, I got the person for you. And this is, um, I don't have a hard-on for him. I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of any wrestler. I'm a heavy supporter of them. I'm not a fanatic. But this one person makes me want to be a fanatic. And that's our boy Tamatonga. And mm. him and Okada, I think that's a secret show stiller that no one even thinks can happen. Because the promo that he'll cut, one, he has the respect of the fans. Two, he's standing up against Cody. Three, him and Naito can probably still a show together one on one. Right, right. And the boy can move. I'm not going to call him the boy. The man can move. Yes, he can. And I think him versus Okada. As a unlikely Wrestle Kingdom match should be the reality, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe what I'm wrong. To, I'm, I'm going to say that maybe happen, I'm wrong. What has to happen is Tama has to come up with another move other than the gun stun, and I think he can do it. We're wrestlers. Yeah, they're wrestlers. He can come We're wrestlers with experience. Yes. You tell us they're wrestlers with experience. experience. Yeah, they, I think that. I think that's easy. I can see that. I can see the possibility of that. But before that takes place, I also see somewhere in June where. Here's the sleeper challenger. What a lot of people don't don't see, mm-hmm. Jay White. You know Jay White. Although he is a chaos member, I see Jay White just somewhere out of the blue challenging Okada because he told him flat out. He said, "Eventually, I'm challenging you for your title." So here's the thing with Jay White. I like him and I don't like him. I love the gimmick. He's. I need to see. I want to see how he grows it. But Jay White. He can either be one of the most special people in New Japan or a space waster. And I think, in my eyes, I need him to run with the junior heavyweight title 
for about six to seven months. True, but you know what? To fine tune him, he should he should have challenged for the junior title. But when they but they built they're billing him as a heavy. So I think the best thing that they did but wasn't was, Kenny Omega built as was heavy, but wrestled he as was junior. A, he was a junior. Kenny was a junior, and now he he and he's wrestling as a heavy. Same thing with Tai Chi. Tai Chi, that also reminds me of that motherfucker. Right. I see if this guy wins, if, like going back to Juice, if Juice was to win the G one, not the G one, but there's a good chance he probably might. But if Juice were to win. The never open way title. I can mm. see Tai Chi challenging Juice Robinson for that belt. Okay, you know what I mean. So it's, why isn't J- so so sh- at least okay? Let's take Jay White out the junior weight out of the out of the U.S. division. No, yeah, out the U.S. division, out the junior weight, and put him in the never open weight challenge. You think that can help build him? Yeah, that can help to him work too. him towards an Okada. Yeah, it can, but th- um, I don't really see him going after Goto. He said flat out he just want he wants Okada. And the reason why he's doing that, it's like they got to set up more title defenses yeah, as well. He's the dark horse, and two, it's like he's Jay White. If they polish him and groom him with a switchblade gimmick, that motherfucker is the next Jake Roberts. Yeah, because they invested in that gimmick. Well, he invested in himself, and yes. the New Japan allowed to a New Japan allowing that gimmick to stay there was a consistent investment in him. Yes, so I they have so. to get. Even though I don't like him, they have to get something out of him. Mm-hmm. But. Will he turn? Will he just turn into a 13th or 14th title defense for Okada? And they got to figure out new people. What's to build. next? Right, right. So because I mean, he's got to let that title belt go eventually. Eventually, yeah. Because he's he's getting he's going to get t- he is tired, and he's going to need a break. But it's just that it's the matter of who do they put in his place? And right now, the only two besides Jay White as a possible dark horse challenge, you have Naito. But you have um. They're gonna have to put the belt on an English speaking or American person. You have yeah, you have Naito, you have Kenny, you have um Tama. But he wants that American Gato wants that American market. Gato wants the American market. So we yes. need a, if AJ was there now, he would be the perfect person for yes. the American yes, shows. He would. But he's not. Um Kenny, I don't think he's gonna be there past twenty nineteen. Maybe twenty twenty he may be there too. But I also see this. And Kenny's nowhere near the world title picture right now. I see Golden Lovers winning the World Tag League. Okay. They're going to win the World Tag League, and they're going to win the, the, the World Tag Team title at um, Wrestle Kingdom. Side note, and I know I like to end things on the World Title, but can we, let's talk about these the Golden Lovers for a minute. They are the most in-sync wrestling duo in the business, in the world today. I don't give a fuck what no one says. When they jump off the ropes at the yeah, same time. They, they are incredible. I think there's maybe a centimeter of difference that the human eye is not seeing. The only when they other do team, moves, they're, they're so in sync that it's scary. The only other team that has that same potential of doing the stuff that they do is the Young Bucks. Right, and, and the Young Bucks are just steps behind them but when these two move that's it it's it seems like it's one mind and two bodies i see in my mind in december the finals for the world tag league tournament Mm -hmm. it's going to be golden lovers versus the young bucks again okay and i I see see that and i see the young bucks perhaps maybe winning to get a crack at those heavyweight tag team belts now it all depends too if KES captures those tag belts from the um from um Evil and Sonata mm-hmm. or vice versa. 
Right. Either way, the Golden Lovers or the Young Bucks are going to be the finalist winners of the World Tag League Tournament mm. for 2018. And it's I really feel it should be the Golden Lovers because Kenny needs a title. Kenny has established. Kenny saved the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 11. 10. Was mm-hmm. it 10 or 11? It was 11 and it was with... um. Okada. And this year, in eleven and twelve. Yeah, he he gave us two phenomenal uh title, uh, two phenomenal matches. He was the entry level world uh U.S. champion. Yeah, the interim, yeah, the interim U.S. champion. The first. I don't I, I don't say interim. I said entry because that's the first person. Right. So he was definitely that entry level champion. He put the belt. Jesus Christ, my stomach's ground. He put the belt on a on a stage that was respected. Yes. Um. And that belt now can carry on and have its own respect. He also was a phenomenal junior heavyweight champion, but I think him and I forget the guy's name. Bushi. Him and Bushi as the um, tag team champions and the cup winners. I think that in the tag champion winners, it should be the the, the number one thing on the belt, black yeah. on on the on the mat. But can I ask you a question? I got a match, a dream match, a New okay. Japan dream match. What did a superstar dream match show this car? Bushi from the Golden Lovers uh-huh. versus Daniel Bryan. Now, I'm going to tell you where I got that from. All right, I'm, gonna li- I'm listening to this one because this, this sounds like a damn good match. Daniel Bryan in New Japan versus, versus Bushi from Golden Lovers. Kota Bushi, right. Um, that is from a YouTube commenter by the name of the Hagfish that I got from another show. Okay. Wherever he dreamed that shit up at. Shout out to Hagfish. Shout out, yeah, shout out to the Hagfish. I don't know who the fuck you are on YouTube, but I got to give you some fucking credit because that was his statement. And I said, holy shit. Imagine Daniel Bryan versus Ibushi. Just a one-on-one match. Strike game, suplexes, and kicks. Shit is crazy. That's a hell of a match right there. Yes. I got, shout out to whoever that is. I, when I post this on YouTube and I, I'll put the video stream up, I'm going to make sure his name is highlighted Facts. in the comments. That would be a dope-ass match. So with that being said, I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think It's so. WrestleMania season. I hate to bring it up. It doesn't feel like WrestleMania season, but we will be watching it. And New Japan got their book through the whole – April seems to be a strong month for yes. them. Yes, yes. It also, seems like it's the 13th, 14th, yeah. all the way down – Every day they have a fucking show. Right. So I gotta I gotta re up on my new Japan subscription this week. Yeah, I think I'm gonna resubscribe again because oh. I usually I, I um I be trap I trap on the bandwidth, right. as academics would say. But I need to I need to um it's the Donku matches. I, uh, da, yeah, Dontaku matches. The Dontaku matches right. I need to get. The, also to, watch. to be frank too. The fact that New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to be doing their show, the G1 Climax Special, at the famous Cow Palace in San Francisco. This is the first time that New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to be doing over 5,000 people inside of a building for pro wrestling. And they're going to be putting on great pro wrestling in a venue that is that has a great history of they, professional wrestling, the, the, the Cow Palace. The Cow Palace owes us a check. You know what I mean? Think about it. You know what? Let, let, me, let me get that money for you about Cow Palace. Listen here. The Cow Palace has been the home of the National Wrestling Alliance and the AWA and World Wrestling Federation, and they've put on 
thousands of great matches. I mean, Pat Patterson, Hulk Hogan, High Chief Peter Maivia, Ric Flair, Harley Race, Derek Funk, Terry Funk, Dusty Rose, The American Dream, Macho Man Savage, every person who has ever been a name, Andre the Giant, um, Enoki, the Iron Sheik, the original Sheik, Ed Bobo Brazil, Sailor Art Thomas, Eddie Graham, Mike Graham, Playboy Buddy Rose, um, all of those Gene dudes that Kinesky, are forgotten about Lutez, in wrestling. Nature, like I said, Ric Flair, Nikita Kolov, everybody in their grandmother, even that old bitch, Fabulous Moolah. Hold on, hold on. Mother. I'm not taking no lawsuit from the estate. So the, the the comments made about Fabulous Moolah are personal on the on the behalf of Mark Knight. You know, Mark Morales. Well, I, I said it because like the Iron Sheik, Fabulous Moolah. Fuck you, Jabroni. Um, everybody. Who's been everybody has wrestled but at the Cow Palace. In reality, I had to do some research. The Cow Palace is a forgotten about building. Um, it doesn't hold, even though you mentioned a lot of people who's come through there, the Cow Palace, they might need to redo that bitch. Yeah, but you know. And the history that you've mentioned, sadly, is not respected to that building. The Cow Palace is. You know what it is? It's it's just one of those places. I think New Japan is bringing attention back to it. Yes, and because they're doing it. And the last time the the WWE did a show at the Cow Palace, I can't think of it off the hand. If you were to look it up, maybe you'll probably find it if you use the Google machine. But um, I say that Google machine should a lot. The, the the idea is is that this the fact that this building has great wrestling nostalgia from the west coast hell i totally forgot that even the guerreros have wrestled there you know what i mean um every, like and but primarily because of san francisco that was the house of the high chief peter maivia alpha and seeker all of the wild samoans every all of the samoan family tree have wrestled in the cow palace it's such a big deal and the fact that new japan pro wrestling is going to be holding a show there at the cow palace the g1 climax specials it's going to be amazing of course you know it's going to be a big headline match with kenny kenny involved in something however um the united states title will be defended there as well there's no saying who's going to be the challenger for the iwgp u.s championship belt but it's gonna whatever's gonna take place there is gonna be a hell of a match. I also hope to God, as God is my witness, I really hope that they do do the Osprey Rey Mysterio match there. If Ray's um bicep is healed, I would love to see that match take place at the Cow Palace. Rey Mysterio versus Will Osprey, IWGP junior heavyweight title on the line. Um that would be a great place for Okada to defend as well. That's true. An American defense of the IWGP belt is rare. Is needed right about now because he defended the title against Cody in Long Beach, which was good last year. But it's time for them. It's time for Okada to have and a defense it, there too. And again, as I look at it with marketing, it is of the utmost importance that. If you're going to go do these U.S. shows, that all of the Japanese champions are in place to perform and defend. You don't have to change hands, right? But you have to perform and defend. But um, 
I'm not gonna say I'm not impressed because I'm impre- I, I like the fact that they're doing it. We know Japan can fill up the house. Mm-hmm. I want to see them do the L.A. Staples Center. I want to see them do. Yes. I want to yes, see yes, them do. Yes. Maybe Madison Square Garden might not let them in. No. But I would like to see them go into Jersey and do a few shows there. I would like to see them oh, do hell, some there's, stuff. There, there's other there's other venues in the state of New York that they can definitely no, use. No, but I want, I want the 20,000 seat buildings. Okay. Because they sell out 50,000, 30,000, 17,000 with no problem right. in Japan. So I think every, I say every two months, they should start pushing to do an American show. You go to Texas, go to, go to Texas, go to Canada, go to Britain. Go to those places yeah. where the world is watching them. Go to New Zealand, where they're building up their market there. Right. Or I mean, Fale's helping to build up not only their market, but they got a they got a handful of pro wrestlers coming from New Zealand that's coming into um Shinihon Press right about now. Right. And also, I think people are gonna be confused when you say Shinhon. Okay. The New Japan New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they and what did you say exactly? I said I speak a little bit of Japanese. So <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And and fuck and they'll be insulted like your pronunciations are fucked up. Yeah. You stupid gaijin. But um, <laughs> long story short, um, I think they're more than capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think they should push to do those big building shows. And if I'm marketing, the first thing I'm going to do is and say, hey. Look at your website. Look at your subscription service. Where mm-hmm. are the highest subscribers at? Yep. And that's where we take the show. Yeah. And whatever the American market price in, come down 20 to 30% yep. lower. Yes, yes. So that the fans who can't go see those shows they can watch go it to on see this show. No, no. Well, I say they could come see it live. Okay. Make your, your, door, your, your, your front door ticket price cheaper also, than the American market. And all, they can win. But, but yeah. use the strategy of the... The, the the measuring system of where your American right. subscribers are. Also, keep in mind too, um, when they did the uh, Strong Style Evolve show that weekend, they also opened the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo, Los Angeles. Right, and Los and, and again, that was for hardcore fans, right, or, and or or dudes who want to break into the business and, and they want to go through the New Japan system. This is the way to do it. Right. Um, I don't know if you saw like any of the press conferences, but they announced that the um head trainer of the dojo is none other than Katsuyori Shibata, the um, 2017 New Japan Cup winner and former World Tag League and former World Tag Team champion and former Never Openweight champion. He's the head trainer of the um, Los Angeles dojo and his assistant coach is Scorpio Sky from um, SoCal Unlimited, the six man who were who comprises of himself and Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. But those two are the four, are the, are the, are the two trainers for the New Japan Dojo in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then, they will have um, an occasional uh, guest trainer from um, New Japan coming over to help train. So I like the way that this system is working. Whereas in the main base over there in, in Japan, the young boys will be training in the original dojo, mm-hmm. as so. Whereas the American recruits will be training over here in Los Angeles. Right, and you got to remember, Triple H has set the president of what a training facility is. So everyone, and he got it from the NFL right. and stuff like that. So everyone realizes what he's doing is working. Whereas with New Japan, they're sticking with the traditional 
style of training. Well, I'm not talking about style of training. What I right. mean is what, getting what, a inside, building inside the facility. And yeah, stuff like building that. a legit facility because that's you got to think about it. When we came up wrestling. We, you had to find who had the ring. Uh, right. So now it's not who got the ring. It's a whole process. And and let's say we know Triple H was inspired by the power plant because the power plant was the place everyone was like, that's where you go to train. Right, if you wanted to become a wrestler. Right, and, and it, would, it would break you in. But, and, what he, and what he learned from that was he learned from guys like Batista and whoever had come out of the uh, the power plant and learned the ins and the outs and the do's and the don'ts. Well, Batista was not in wrestling at the time the power plant was open. Yes, he 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 was entering into the business. He was just getting into it. I he thought he came himself. in directly. I thought he was no, a, a, a OVW fine. No, first he came into he came into the business. He broke in at the power plant, and um, I think it was um, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. They told him that you're not going to you're not going to cut it as a wrestler you're not going to make it you look like you can't even draw a dime you're like a piece of crap get out of here but of course that ended up backfiring here's this guy who is a multi-star in in the, in the with the biggest marvel contract ever you know oh, no he doesn't have the biggest marvel contract well one of the, one of the, one of the nicest marvel contracts no nah, he's he, he's on the low end okay i, I know the numbers okay so even i, I, I film I, I and television is my thing i guarantee you his low end is much more than what i'm making um he should be making more yeah but the the highest paid is between scarlet and robert Downey jr oh of course naturally but they you got to think about it they're the ones who took the blunt hits and not to talk about movie talk, you got to remember he only got three hundred thousand for the first Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. and what's the black guy, Terrence Howard got six million dollars. So you got to remember his acting was so horrible that they had to keep bringing Robert Downey Jr. out. He was never supposed to be in the second film. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be Terrence Howard who puts on the red and gold and keeps going. But of course, his acting was so bad that they put. Tony up there, right? What you call it? Because people, he, he was Tony was born. I mean, well, excuse me, uh, Ron Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark, right? And it, and it was either him or Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise would have brought a different, yeah, non likable element. I, but anyway, but, but the show was not the show was about wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> let's bringing it back to speed. Just the, the just the yeah, concept. I see it here. Batista talks being ran out of the power plant. Yeah, that but, must have been in the early thousands. Then yes, it was. But bringing it to speed back to Shibata. Shibata told the press dojo not performance center that's the difference this is dojo not performance well center. it's the same thing in reality they just giving it their label a dojo is a performance center in reality it could any any martial arts teacher will tell you it's a place where you perform yeah. and you practice your art it's a performance but center. the difference is is that in the performance center they don't have young boys and young girls washing the gear for them, and cooking the cooking well, the rice. That's that's never here. And taking, care, and taking care of the um, taking care of the wrestlers. We got to remember they spend thirty two million dollars a year on it, and their thing is you got to remember they're inspired by the power plant and NFL training. Yes. So with us Americans, you got to think about it. WWE makes ten times to almost fifteen times more money than New, than Japan. New Japan. Right. So if we start a promotion, it would be yo. When you get in, put your bags in the corner. You know what I'm saying? So when you, if, I'm I'm pretty sure of New Japan as they start making more and more money, and it doesn't matter how much yen they make, it's the American the dollar, dollar that matters which is going to change the market for them. So it, you can't knock it. You know their their presentation may be 
WWE has the presentation, yeah. but they got the money. And like they say, they spend $32 million a year, but they're not making that back on NXT. Okay. They're making it back on everything else. and that just Right. Well, as a bulk in. they are, but if you took NXT as a business and you just focus the numbers, mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of businesses don't survive all over the place. People, yeah. they're spending so much on the overhead that it's a bulk. But those wrestlers are being groomed to move up to the main roster, so the hit is worth it. But I guarantee you that a, that a Shibata training will be more hard hitting than Shawn Michaels. I don't know. It depends. You know what? I think I think is more emotional with trip with WWE because you're being restricted. Some of these guys are coming from Japan and told half your move set is gone. Yep. This that and the other. Um, to me, I'm gonna always say it's equal. Training is training. I don't think the Philadelphia Panthers train harder than the Patriots. I think it's the moves that they make when the game is going on. I agree. So I agree. with wrestling, I don't think training is training. You got guys who show up seven days a week. They're there from eight o'clock. They're sitting in front of the building before you get there, and then mm-hmm. you got the guys who come in once a month. Yep. And fuck everything up. Facts. But um, let's bring this to a close. All right. Uh, next week, same time, same bat time, same bat channel. Facts. Also, keep in mind too, this weekend, of course, um, a lot of pro wrestling shows taking place in the uh, New Orleans area. Everybody. Yeah, everyone's gonna be there. ROH is gonna be there. I think Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, a couple other federations, they're all gonna be there. Uh. The main event for ROH Supercard of Honor, Kenny Omega versus the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and Marty Skrull challenging ROH World's Heavyweight Champion, Dalton Castle, Wrestling's Peacock, for the ROH Championship. All right. Um, Next week, we'll link back up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the show. We'll bring you more content. We're going we're gonna to try to get it up to three episodes. We try to film everything in one day. We want to make sure that we're not putting... We want to focus on the indies as well. So mm-hmm. we want to keep WWE as, a, as one episode. New Japan, New Japan is, is one episode. And Ring of Honor and, and indies as episodes. So as we go further on in the weeks, you're going to get maybe three times, maybe three or four times the amount of content with us. We're growing the sound. We ask you to grow with us. And that's pretty much it. That's right. Mark, I'll catch you next week. Of course, brother. You know how that goes. Always and always. Oh. Always a good oh, thing. Oh, tell everybody where they need to follow you at, man. Me, you know, I hate social media, but you can follow me at Dietrich Davis on Twitter, at Dietrich Davis, at, um, what do you call that? Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, the channel to subscribe to is this channel, is um, Dietrich Davis on demand on YouTube. And remember, when we hit 20,000 subscribers, we will be giving away a free Nintendo Switch. Yes. And Mark, where can they find you at? Okay, they can find me at MarkA.Morell on Facebook. When I'm not busy clapping on Trump supporters and um, fake-ass racists. And hey, fake Trump supporters are wrestling fans too, so I will support you if you support us. Your decisions are your choices. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's true. Yeah. But uh, this is my plug, damn it. <laughs> um, you can also follow me at Instagram, M double forty four. You can also follow me on Twitter, um, XM Nightbuster. You can follow me there. So those are the, those are the spots that you can reach out at your dude. And all you can follow me there with um, all of the stuff that you need to know as far as wrestling. Check out my stuff, and then you know anything you want to know about as far as like. And you know what? I'm gonna put. Whatever. I'm gonna plug the email I set up for this. It's Team DDOD. Okay. Which is 
Team Dietrich Davis on the man, but it's team D-D-O-D at gmail.com. Email us questions that you want to know about New Japan. Email us questions about anything professional wrestling, and we'll start answering them for you as the show grows. Absolutely. You know, I think sometime we may have to do something with some Lucha Libre. I've been following up on Lucha for quite some time as well. Right. I gotta so I gotta brush up on that. But we'll yeah. get to, we're gonna get to everything professional wrestling. Nothing will be left off the table. But we will also try to do left something on the table. about New the Northeast independence as well. So we have to. We got to get into. I, I want to get into everything independent. Um, there's a website I'm gonna show you after we get off that kind of kind of uh, put everything together in one. Absolutely. Um, but anyhow, we thank you guys and we ask you to help us become the voices of everything professional wrestling. Because we wrestle with experience, guys. Yeah, yo, this, be if you if you say, hey. That shit says WWE. Yeah, we did that. But we're not. We're wrestlers with experience. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about wrestlers with experience. Plain Absolutely. and simple. It's not my fault that I took a shitty pun and said I'm going to market it. Anyway, Mark, appreciate it. Not a problem, brother. You know how that goes, Unreal. man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. We're calling it a day. Peace out, guys.